0: to another episode of lease and learn thank you so much for being here i certainly do appreciate it what show we have today what an episode my guest today my buddy my pal, professional wrestler. I never used the term pal, and I'm not sure why I did right now. He is the first and only person I have ever defeated in a professional wrestling match, which wasn't professional at all. And I am happy that he was able to do the show, do the episode. I know you're gonna love it, so check it out. Here he is, Mr. Ben Ortmans. Ben Ormans! Jeff Leeson. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to see you. Well, it's sort of good to see you. Interesting. Okay. I've, uh,
1: I've got a little uh, tiff that we need to discuss here.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what happened? Well, this is where you got to tell me. Okay. okay. What happened last time I saw you? The way I recall it, we had a match. We had we a did. wrestling match. Yeah. We did. Yeah. yeah. You and Chris Tidwell uh, invited me to your space. To, uh, to learn a little bit about the pro wrestling business. You taught me a couple moves. And then you and I had a match, and the way I recall it, I beat you in that match fair and square. Beginner's luck, I think.
1: See, this is where I guess the winner kind of gets to rewrite history. But since I'm in the room, I yeah. mean, we might as well discuss it because I kind of remember it a little differently. Huh. Uh, I remember, and it, thankfully, there's video footage of this, uh happens to be on your channel.
0: Yeah. The Jeff uh, Leeson Show channel Jeff, on YouTube, of course.
1: Please go check it yeah, out. Please do. A lot of people did. Thank you very much, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I, I See, when I went back and I watched the finished product, I, I noticed that there was this red $50 bill that went oh. from your hand over to uh, Chris's hand, Yeah. who was a, a referee in that match.
0: He was. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. there's this term that we use. Uh, I feel like I got motherfucked. Interesting. Uh, on that whole deal? Because I I, I don't remember it being a fair and square thing. I do remember you winning. I I do remember that part. Yeah. But uh, I I, I remember remember a little bit of a motherfucking going on there.
0: I do remember paying Chris for the time. He, you know, you guys taught me some stuff. I, I thought there was a fee involved in that. So I do remember I might've gave Chris some money For, you know, your time. But I don't remember anything about this motherfucking you speak of.
1: So wait, are you saying that you owe me $50? Because technically, if I mean, if you're paying him for the training, did did, did I just not get
0: my... Well, it was for the both of you. He didn't share it with you?
1: That son of a bitch. Now,
0: see, this is a Chris Tidwell issue, and he's not here. So that's something you guys... I may
1: have to take that up with him. Yeah, I I I don't see it going very far, but I may have to take it up with
0: him. Yeah, I would have a chat with him, man, because I simply... I got
1: double motherfucked.
0: Yeah. I, again, I don't remember it that way, but uh, we're still here,
1: though. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm lived to tell about it. Thankfully, that's always good. It was,
0: and and I appreciate that we were able to do this. And now we've had it out. Now we've now I, we've both I understand I feel a little better, other.
1: and I do feel like we've both gone and and we've uh, we've done okay since then, both of us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that loss didn't really affect you at all.
1: Thankfully, I've uh, I've got enough of those that I can just kind of continue to move on with my day. But you know, um, I'm glad. Those L's have also brought me into uh, other opportunities in wrestling, and uh, thankfully they have. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, and we're going to get into that uh, today, because you you have agreed to be here on the podcast. I appreciate it. How old were you when you started wrestling, like when you got into it?
1: I started training when I was 15. Wow. Actually, I started training at one point in time. I started training when I was 12. But then uh, I actually started training at this school uh, called Hart Brothers School of Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Notorious TID has a bit of a history there. I never I never crossed paths with him, but I went down there because my art teacher, Mr. Miori, great guy. Uh, I still actually talk to him to this day. He, me, and him were like wrestling nerds, you know. And this was like when the internet was kind of like first a thing. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have pay-per-views in my place where i was living like we we didn't have the pay-per-view box so uh in order to find out the results of pay-per-views i had to wait until the next day because we didn't have internet and it was still kind of a thing yeah so i had to like that was how i found out the results of a lot of pay-per-views is i would go into class the next day and mr miori would be sitting there telling me all the the results of the shows he would let me do cool things like was the art teacher so he would let me make all wrestling stuff in class like everybody else had to do like you know, make this or make that. And, like, we're making, like, ceramic mugs there the one day. And I'm, and I'm like, can I make one that just says, like, The Undertaker and give it to my dad for Christmas? He's like, fucking, yeah, go for it. Nice. So he was super cool in that regard. But the one day he showed up with this news article. And keep in mind, I'm in grade fucking six, maybe less at the time. I was young. Well, Almost 12. So uh, he brings in this article for this wrestling school at a Cambridge. And it was the Hart Brothers School of Wrestling. So I begged my mom. I'm like because I was a Bret Hart guy. I'm like, fucking Hart brothers are in Cambridge. I have to, you have to take me now. <laughs> so she brings me down reluctantly. We go down there. Uh, they loved me because I knew so much about wrestling, or at least they, they appeared to love me. Yeah. Uh, they asked me to stay. Like I did a bunch of workouts with them and the whole shebang. And uh, they, they appreciated that I had knowledge of wrestling and then my mom kind of caught on to the scam behind the whole thing.
0: So I want to get to a, a couple of uh, interesting stories from your um, journey, yeah. you know, as an as a, as a independent pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a couple of your f- kind of favorite, um, I, I guess, road stories. Like, uh, you know, so just something that that's happened while you were on the road doing a gig somewhere, whether it was in the ring or after a show
1: it's funny because when when i hear wrestlers talk about like road stories and stuff like that i always like think back to myself and i'm like you know i in a weird way i think i was kind of lucky like sort of like a lot of my stories are tame you know right but i mean obviously you're gonna run into some crazy shit like i mean uh probably one of the craziest actually definitely the craziest thing that's ever happened to me on a road trip was um when i was doing the northern hell tour for tony candelo have you ever heard of that before
0: yes i have the oh, cool. um that's the one where uh, rhino edge and christian did yeah. and they fell through the ice in the van or something like that yeah yeah, like, yeah. they didn't
1: fall through but like it was very very close right right so um, that's
0: that's the only and then i've heard it on podcasts like people will just mention that guy's name and that yeah. yeah northern hell run
1: northern Hell which tour. is tony, 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 uh, it's in northern uh, northern manitoba so like
0: Northern Manitoba, where oh, there like is the Indian not, reserve. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the
1: legit Indian reserves. Cause right. like, um, and to the point where we went to, and, and I knew this was a rule going in there, but then it actually happened where, uh, if there's a death on the Island, everything shuts down for oh, like wow. three or four days. So like we got there and somebody had died on whatever reserve that we were on. And we literally had to sit and wait for days to do the show. And it wow. was, yeah, it was kind of nuts. Um, was like a hotel
0: f- or something or hmm.
1: no, there was one hotel that we got the entire tour that we were there. What do you sleep at uh We slept on the floor in gym mats uh like basically wherever whatever town that we got into we like they would let us into the school and like where we would perform uh we would go into whatever the gym we would find gym mats, and that's where we slept Wow, yeah but the the craziest part is when I did the hell tour that the year that I did it um it was such a last minute thing. Like that guy Vance Nevada that I was telling you about from BC calls me up the one day and I'm at a, I'm at an internet cafe in Hamilton and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm at an internet cafe in Hamilton. What are you doing? He's just like, can you get to Winnipeg tonight? Tonight. And I was like, tonight. I'm like, I never even questioned. I'm like, I don't know. So I went online. I was there. I'm like, I'm looking at flights and I'm like, I think the earliest I can be there is tomorrow morning. Why? What's up? And he's just like. Get there tomorrow morning. You're doing the Northern Hell tour. I was like, What? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. He's like, Yeah, yeah. You're gonna do it. And I'm like, Well, fuck yeah, I'm gonna do it. Okay, well, call me back and let me know if I gotta fucking book this flight. He's like, Yeah, book the flight. I don't have a credit card, so luckily my buddy Luke hooks that up. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I think Luke paid for my flight and then I like gave him the money. Right. Uh, like he drove me to the airport and everything. Uh, he wrestles here as HHV now. Uh, great guy. Um, so we go out there and like, I just remember
0: HHB. Yeah. What does that stand for?
1: Hoyt Hans von <laughs> something, the fucker or other. God
0: damn it. I can't remember. I don't even care. I was so great. glad
1: I asked. He's uh, it's, it's HHB a, dude. He's so good. Like you, you, he's one of those guys where he has no business being as good as he is. He's a part-time wrestler here. He's a family man. He does his thing. He does it here because he loves it. And I let him because I love him, you know? Uh, and he works very, very hard. So, uh, He's he's a fucking gem. But sorry, let me get back to this. yeah, so, sorry man. Uh, I had so to I get to the hotel in Winnipeg the next morning and uh or sorry, I get to the airport, I get picked up, they bring me to this hotel and like we're standing in this fucking like military line. And then like Tony Candelo, like he like coming up to us and like dealing like with us all individually and then he comes up to me and he's just like uh, uh who the fuck are you? I was like Sean Morgan, sir, I'm uh, here from Vance. I was wrestling with Sean Morgan. Uh, I'm like, my name is Sean Morgan. I uh, Vance, Nevada sent me here. Uh, you uh, look like a fucking grizzly bear. And then walked away. I'm like, what the fuck? So, so I'm asking this young kid. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Like, I don't understand. He's just like, oh, he's funny, whatever. Next thing I know, he's and I'm not Sean Morgan anymore. He's calling me Grizzly Morgan. And that was my new name for the tour. So he calls me over the, to the, like the first day, and uh, he's like, uh, Grizzly, uh, you want to ride with me? And I'm like, yes, I fucking do. So we hop in. We had uh, two uh, <laughs> cargo vans that we split the ring in, and we loaded the half the ring in one, half the ring in the other. And then we had uh, a passenger van where like the rest of us were all driving up. Right. So we're driving. He's telling me. He's like, ah... Uh, why did you come here? And I'm like, well, if I'm being completely honest with you, like you're Tony Candelo, first of all, this tour is legendary and Chi Chi Cruz is on this tour and I want to wrestle Chi Chi Cruz. He's a fucking legend. That's who I want to wrestle. Like, ah, it's uh all right. That's nice to know, but I've got you wrestling against this other guy. And I'm like, who? And then he tells me the guy's name and I'm like, I've never heard of him before. And, uh, then all of a sudden This young kid Elbows me And he's just like Hey just out of curiosity He's like Who's the best guy That's in Ontario It's like Showtime Eric Young No n- Hands down He's like Well this guy's the Showtime Eric Young Of Manitoba So maybe be a little bit More excited to work with him And I'm like Okay So uh, I'm still shooting the shit with, uh, with Candelo And I'm like So just out of curiosity I'm like Who the fuck is this guy That you, that you want me to wrestle hey, His uh, name's Kenny Omega, uh, Mike. No shit. Yeah. So I, I, I wrestled, I did an entire tour uh, wrestling. So what we would do is we, st- we opened the show and we would wrestle a singles match and I would beat Kenny. I wish this meant something in wrestling like it did in fighting. Kenny Omega has never beaten me in a singles match. Um, and then what we would do is we would uh, have a little kerfuffle we would have a mixed tag match, or not, sorry, a tag match at the end of the show as the main event. It was me and one of Don Callis' students, and we would wrestle Kenny and uh, a midget with boxing gloves. Okay. <laughs> so that was, that was the deal. And then obviously they get their comeuppance, they, they beat us or right. whatever. The midget the and Kenny? The midget and Kenny. Right. They, they, they get their comeuppance at the end of the show. Wow. And that was the show that we were taking across the, the thing there. So... Was Kenny
0: traveling with you guys, or was he... Yeah. So Kenny Kenny was
1: wow. just starting out at the time. Like I didn't I didn't know who Kenny was. Right. So this is where in retrospect it's kind of a bit of a trip because him and I did not get along. And the reason why we didn't get along was because I was raised as a very old school like wrestler. Like like there's a there's a method to the madness like you don't go fast, you don't flip, like you make this look real as fuck. Like here's the here's the formula. It's like yes sir. Like I was I felt like I was one of the, I I was in that last class of people to kind of be taught that way. So keep in mind this a couple years later. So like, you know, I I didn't know who this guy was. And when he starts, when we start trying to figure out a match, he's like, oh yeah, I want to flip here and do this and crazy ass this. And I'm like, that's not how we do this, dude. Like, what the fuck? And then we would argue about it all the time. And then we would go and wrestle and he would just force things on me. And it would just, it would get like, are you, is this motherfucker trying to fight me? Like, what is going on? And he forced his style on me. And for the first few nights, I was literally ready to fight him. I was just like, I, I don't, this isn't what I do, and you're trying to punk me out. I'm a fucking, I'm a fuck you up. Then one night, we're doing the same spiel, and uh, we go out and we do a singles match, and you can you tell that, like, our, we were We're at our like Most angst With one another That day He's giving her Like and he's doing Like your typical Kenny Omega stuff That you would see now Like he gave me a belly The, the one thing I remember Is he gave me A belly to back suplex That land, He dumped me Right in my brains And I Was I was ready to get up Right then and there And to sh- Like I was gonna go And start boxing The fucking Mouth off of him Stayed professional And I was I'm like Nope Cause we still got a show to do And I still got a, another match With this guy we get through the match. Now, at this particular town, we had two locker rooms where the heels were and the baby faces were.
0: And what like, were you? I was a heel. Okay. He was the baby face. Heel meaning bad guy for anybody. Bad who's, guy, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and Kenny was the good guy. So Chi-Chi Cruz was also a good guy, and he comes into our locker room, and he's just like, what the fuck was that? And I'm fuming at this point, and I'm like, Cheech, go tell Kenny Omega that when we go out there for that main event, he better put his fucking hands up, because we are fighting for fucking real. Like, I am not going to fucking sit here and take this shit from anybody, like, let alone this little puny fuck. So Cheech calms me down and, like, kind of talks to me. He's like, yo, dude, like, I don't think you know, like, this is just what the, ki- like, you got to work with them, like. He's trying to work with you, but you got to understand, like, this kid's on a completely different level. And he kind of explained that to me, and then I was just like, he calmed me down to the point where when we went out and did the tag match, I kind of understood things a little bit better, and, like, he understood things a little bit better, but we were both still pissed off at one another, and we hadn't quite settled it yet. We settled it in the ring, and it ended up being the best match that we had. And then at the end of that, then we were just like, I don't hate you anymore. (laughs) We're okay. And then, like, it was one of those, we earned each other's respect that night. Right. But um, what I realized was that that was my turning point in wrestling. That was where I learned, oh, this is where the business is going. Like, okay, I've, my mind has been opened to a whole new world and, I have to accept this because if I don't, then I'm going to fall behind and die. Right. You know? So it was a real eye opener, that whole thing. And and, and it's crazy to see him go on and do all of the things that he's, that he's done, what he's doing right now. Um, to say that, like I, that I, I got to f- have a go with that guy, like as many times as I did is it's, it's almost weird, like as a wrestling fan to even consider that. But then, uh, i also kind of have to look at it as as a bit of a a pride thing too you know because i'm sure that he hated the experience because like he felt like he was probably trying to bring me up to his level right but he did and he forced me to to move up levels and if uh, it was a process that he hated sorry kenny but uh i'll always thank him and love him for that
0: This episode of Lease and Learned is sponsored by the Big Fish Steak and Lounge in Sarnia, Ontario. One of my personal favorite restaurants in in the world. I was going to say in the country, but no, in the world, they have some of the greatest food I have ever had. Every single time I eat there, I think to myself, it will never get better than what I have just eaten. And the next time I go back, they top it once again. It's that good. If you live in the Sarnia area, make sure you book your reservation for lunch or dinner or hell book your reservation for both right now. Do it tonight. What are you going to cook for dinner tonight probably something awful don't do that head on over to the big fish steak and lounge if you don't live in sarnia i suggest you make a trip down just for the food or if you're going to be in the area stop in and have one of the greatest meals you will ever have this episode of lease and learned is sponsored by cook secret and G's carpet cleaning and services for all your cleaning needs contact G's carpet cleaning and services and for your personal well-being contact Kukum Secret Sonotherapy with Drumming at G2 Cleaning Service I got a chance to actually go up to Timmins and uh, take part in the Sonotherapy and the drumming. It was extremely relaxing. I recommend it highly. Head on over to G2CleaningService.com and book your time today and make sure you get some cleaning done while you're there. Why was your name Sean Morgan? that's a great question
1: actually um there was this old rule in wrestling back in the day it's like don't use your real name because then people could find out who you are and they can bother you and there was this real unrealistic sense of uh self-awareness back in the day i guess you could say um and and it was kind of it was just cooler to have a different name you know like everybody has like an alias you know like hulk hogan's name's not hulk hogan right you know it's not
0: even like Hogan isn't even his real last name? No. Or, yeah, yeah.
1: Like Randy Savage isn't Randy Savage. He's Randy Poffo. Right. Like there's, everybody has like this cool little spin on their name. And then um, this, this is actually a really great story. So um, my original trainers, when they were asking me, they're just like, you know, like, what do you want your wrestling name to be? That was the very first time. And keep in mind, I'm like 16, 17 years old at this point, right? It was at that very moment that I realized I couldn't be Hulk Hogan. I always wanted to be Hulk Hogan when I was a kid. Right. That was what I wanted to be in wrestling. Then I trained wrestling, and then all of a sudden when it was like, okay, well, who do you want to be? I was just like,
0: oh, fuck, Hulk Hogan's taken. I want to be Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Oh, I've wasted so much time. I don't know who I am.
1: So then they started making pitches to me. And they're just like, well, we've got this idea for you. I was like, well, what's that? And they're like, we really like this. Like, this is going to be the, the one. Okay, explain it to me. You're going to wear a toga. Okay. I'm a toga? Yeah. And you're going to come down to the ring all fat and sloppy, and you're going to come down with a keg of beer, and we're going to call you Biff Kegmeister. <laughs> Okay. And I had to take that shit seriously like I had to like are you fucking with me? They were dead serious So I was like, there's no fucking way. I'm gonna be a Biff Kegmeister When I first started my wrestling training, I was literally 335 pounds I was a fat teenage kid when I had my first match after like the eight or nine months of training. I had lost 80 pounds
0: she, just from the training, the training, or were you also it was, working out? And, I was
1: doing a little bit of both, right. but like the training certainly helped.
0: Yeah, the training because
1: seems it was just the, it was intense. It was boot camp shit.
0: Yeah, it seems like that. It was yeah. fucking
1: insane. Like it's certainly nothing. Like it's not the same training that we put our kids through here by any stretch of the imagination. It's our our training is hard for a different reason.
0: Right. Is know? this the nineties or like early 2000s? Uh
1: Late nineties.
0: So, oh wait, no, sorry. Actually, um, this
1: was. Early two thousands. My apologies. So the biggest reason why I didn't want to do that was because a, what a stupid fucking
0: name. Yeah. <laughs> B, a fucking toga to wrestle in. Fuck you. Oh, you had to wrestle the whole match. That's what toga? they wanted. Oh, I thought they were just saying like wear it down to the ring and then you take it off and you're in a normal right. wrestling thing. But but the the most important part of that was. I just
1: lost 80 pounds and now you're asking me to be a, sl- like to get fatter. That's yeah. not how I don't, that's not, I don't see that going this way. I'm not doing that. So then they're just like, well, then you need to come up with something. So it was Christmas holiday and I was, it was uh we were going up to my grandparents for, for boxing day, Christmas or whatever it was. Right. Um, We celebrate our Christmas on boxing day. So me and my brother in the back seat while they're driving, And I had a Pro Wrestling uh, Illustrated. And I flipped all the way to the back where they had all the independent wrestling results. And I literally did this. Sean. Okay. (laughs) And it was like, I can't remember who it was, but I was just like, Sean. I like the first name Sean, actually. Sean Michael, Sean. Like, Sean, I can deal with Sean. S-H-A-W-N? Fuck yeah. Good name. I like the name Sean. Morgan, and it was, uh, shit, I can't remember who, was California guy, Donovan Morgan uh, was the guy, and I was just like, Morgan, Sean Morgan, Sean Morgan, hmm, Carl, what do you think about Sean Morgan, he's like, Man, it sounds like a good name, who's Carl? My brother, okay, uh, so then it was just kind of one of those, like, okay, I'm, uh, this, I like this name, yeah, we're like, okay, cool, and then, I, I can't remember who, but then somebody called me Superstar Sean Morgan. So I had to go into my first match as superstar Sean Morgan, and it's like, how the fuck did I have the balls and the audacity to call myself a superstar on my first night in when I'm wearing a plain blue singlet and look like a fucking, like, de scrub football player from high school because that's the kind of shape that I'm in at the time. <laughs> like, the odd... Like, I, I was set up for failure from the get-go, like they it, it It took a long time like I, I genuinely feel like my first little foray into, into like my uh, part one of my wrestling career was very much a misguided um train wreck. like I had all the heart in the world, all the passion in the world, the work ethic to do it, but nobody wanted to guide me properly and if i'm being completely honest with you. It wasn't until I flew home from the, the hell tour that I did. I got back. Um, I partied way too hard uh, before the night before I flew home with Chi Chi Cruz to the point where I remember we were sitting on his couch and we were playing SmackDown on PlayStation, and I blinked, and my next memory was being woken up by a stewardess on the airplane. Oh, wow. I still, to this day, have no clue how I got there. I have no clue how I got on the plane. I have none none of this, like, no memory whatsoever of any of that. That's a party. I'm fucked up. So when we land, I'm like, where am I? Why am I on an airplane, first of all? And where the fuck did I just land? I start doing the fucking cobwebs or whatever. I'm in Hamilton. Okay. How the fuck? Okay. Okay. Next thing I know, I see my buddy Reggie Marley, uh, the guy who played New Jack in uh, the Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Reg! And his wife is there, and he's like, yeah, Ben, get your shit, let's go. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, trying to remember, okay, I called Reg to pick me up from the airport. I forgot about this. Then uh, we start driving to Brantford and not home. And I'm like, where are we going? He's like, we're on to a show. I'm like, I'm not prepared for this <laughs> like i'm still fucked up from yesterday dude like i don't know what's going on so i get to the show and there's this like little circle of people like there's uh, uncle custom who i like to call uncle custom uh there's this guy named jc owens and tony atlas is there oh wow and first of all I'm like what the fuck is tony atlas doing here so i go to say hello to my friends and tony just happens to be in the circle and i introduce myself tony atlas my name is ben nice to meet you sir Go to take my hand away, but he fucking hung on to that motherfucker. And then he pulls me in and, with the softest voice, looks me dead in the eye and goes, Ben, you got real beautiful eyes. Oh, I'm too fucked up for this dude. <laughs> like, I'm, I gotta go. I get the fuck out of there. So I go back into the locker room. I'm not even booked on the show, by the way. I'm just there. I go back into the locker room and I see Tid and he doesn't say anything to me. And I could kind of see him kind of doing one of these. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And what he did was he was waiting for everybody to be in the locker room. Like, he was waiting for there to be the biggest crowd that there was. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, Ben! Yeah. He's like, welcome home. And as soon as he did that, I knew what
0: he was doing. What was he doing?
1: He wanted everybody to know that this fucking guy that everybody was ignoring just came home from the most prestigious tour that we can offer in this country wow and he was in his own way like because i wasn't really close with chris at that point he he saw my hustle and he saw the work that i was doing and he saw the roads that i was taking and he went out of his way uh in front of the boys to put me over in front of all of them when he had no business doing so and that kind of started our like it was the start of like oh my god okay this this dude's the dude like okay like he it's funny that we never became close friends until much later after that but it was that moment where i realized i'm like this is our guy like this is this is the dude this is the dawn this is the fucking no matter no matter what like this this guy's word means more than everybody else's
0: right which is of course notorious tid yeah right yeah yeah, because I <clears throat> obviously had Chris on the show. Yeah. And I told him the story of me being, like, early teenager or whatever, seeing this notorious TID at several independent shows and being like, this guy's the baddest motherfucker I have ever seen. This guy seems like he's going to kill everybody. And so from a independent wrestling point of view, you guys all looked up to him. As... I was
1: scared shitless of him.
0: Interesting. I was
1: petrified of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And everybody that, that like, is watching this right now and they're saying, petrified, that's a past tense. That's my brother. Yeah. I'm allowed to not be scared of him. All the rest of you motherfuckers should 100% be scared of that guy. Yeah. Like, 100%. Um, Tid was actually my, uh, he... Now, here's a cool story for you. When I was away from wrestling and I had taken a bit of time off to pursue, like, kickboxing and mixed martial arts and stuff, I was having my, uh, my second kickboxing fight that I had ever done, and I knew that from my first fight where the mistakes went wrong because I realized that at the gym that I was at, at the Adrenaline Training Center in London, um, go support those guys, by the way, uh, there, was n- there wasn't very many bigger guys it was all smaller guys. Like, when you think about it, it's like, look who owns the gym. Sam Stout, Mark Kominick, Chris Hordecki. The, the biggest guy who's, like, one of the owners is Chris Clements, who, who had fought at the UFC at 170. Right. I'm a, I'm a heavyweight. You know what I mean? So I didn't have bigger guys to – now, keep in mind, all of those smaller dudes could fucking, at the drop of a dime, beat my ass with one hand tied behind their back. Chris yeah. Clements used to do it on a fucking daily basis. Like <laughs> – I, I used to love it, but uh, there was no bigger guys for me on my level to spar with and get better with. I remember putting out a Facebook message. I was just like, if any big dude would please do me the favor and, help, and just come be a sparring partner. I don't care if you're from wrestling. I don't care if you're from kick, anybody that could just fucking help me out. Please. He was the only person who immediately got in touch and said, I'll be there. Wow. And I was like, wow, Chris, I'm like, I don't, Listen, with all due respect, I'm like, I've been out of wrestling for a few years, and I've been doing, like... I've been striking, like, for years now with, like, some real professionals. I'm not the same kid that you knew, like, three years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm... If you'd come down here, like, we're gonna throw hands. And <laughs> I'm not as scared of you as I was before because I deal with killers on a daily basis now. This is... He's like, yeah, let's do it. And he he sure... He did, man. He came down, and we fucking went toe-to-toe and to the point where like I can't remember what round it was but like we got like into the later rounds of sparring and all of a sudden we're like we're fighting we're fighting we're fighting and we just weren't stopping and then I was like why the fuck are where's the bell and then it dawned on us that we had gone through three bells and we just didn't hear it we were just so into fucking beating the shit out of one another that we completely fought three rounds straight without even hearing the, the 10 second the the fucking alarm, the one minute fucking nothing. we we missed it all. Cause we were just beating the fucking piss out of one another. Wow. And I, at that point, that's when I knew that is my best friend. And that is like, nobody had, nobody had the, the, the audacity, the courage, the balls, the anything that you want to say to, to come and help me. And he did. And he, and he took it, he gave it. And, uh, I will always respect him and love him to death for that. And now we're at the point ever since that day where like, we have keys to each other's homes. Uh, I've got a key to his truck. Uh, like his, his family is my family. I've literally spent Christmas days at his house with his family. Um, numerous, you know, because that's how much I love that guy. Um, He, he's this weird, he's this really weird father figure, best friend, coach, uh, brother, like all of the good things that you've ever wanted in your life uh, from like different people. I have the luxury of being able to have this all bundled into one human being. And it's wow. fascinating to me. He's, he's the most, he's the most fascinating dude that you're ever going to meet. And there's, there's so many times where I just wish that I could just sit and watch him talk with just like random people just to see like how that conversation would go. Cause it's, I I hate when people try to do the whole, like I'm the smartest guy in the room thing, but it's when he's in the room, that's, it's fucking hard to, to, to to find somebody that's going to outwit him and out uh, smart him. And it's fascinating from every which way that you could possibly like imagine it.
0: Wow, um, just taking it back to the kickboxing thing. Yeah. did you f- have actual matches or fights yeah. in kickboxing? Yeah, how had did to. those? How did those go? Uh,
1: the first one, I I lost. So the first, my first fight I had, I was supposed to fight a guy um, of my my same size and same experience with no fights. So I show up on fight day and I'm getting my hands wrapped and. Hominick comes up to me and tells me that my opponent no-showed oh so i'm like what do you mean he no-showed he's like yeah he just didn't come so what do i do I'm like what am i supposed to do he's like there's another guy here that'll fight you and i'm like okay i'm kind of scared about this like so like tell me about this guy
0: had you been preparing for the guy you were going to fight? or Sort
1: of. I didn't know who he was. I was just preparing to be the best that I could be. Right, right. Because like I, I knew that if this dude had, if he has no experience and I got no experience, you can't, there's no tape to study. You right. just got to go in there and be like, I got to I gotta hit this guy first and harder than he hits me. Right. Essentially, right? So next thing I know, he's just like, he's like, I do got a guy here that'll fight you. And I immediately asked him, like, what's his experience like? And he says, uh, he's one and one one-on-one, what is the fucking, what do you mean? He's like, do you want the fight or not? (laughs) Fuck. You're my coach. You tell me what to do. Right. If you want me to fight him, Mark, I'll fight him. But I'm scared. I'm just telling you straight up. I'm petrified. You're in. like, I guess I'm in. So, uh, I actually went and, and talked to the guy beforehand. I was like, almost like a wrestler. I went and shook his hand. I was like, hey man, I'm, we're we're fighting today right thanks i guess and he's just like all right cool and i can even see like some weird twinkle in his eye so fight fucking we get into the ring i'm scared we touch gloves and we had that first combination where we both threw at one another and i knew immediately i got fucking lied to oh no i because mark was the referee of that fight too right immediately i knew i got lied to this dude was not a one and one right I'm in there with an experienced fucking fighter. So, he's lighting me up in the first round. And the next thing I know, like, I kind of see my opening. And, bang, I fucking, I rocked him with an uppercut. And it fucking staggered him. So, I'm like, oh, shit. So, I see it. And I fucking, like, went after him. I Everything I got. I'm throwing the hardest fucking fastest shots that I can. I'm like, I'm going to put this fucking guy away. And then he gets into the ropes. And then the ref breaks it up. Okay. Break it up. And go. Wait. What? Go. I hit him once. Did I win? And I, everything I had, every bit of gas that I had was gone oh. in that one. And this was the first round. And then he just lit me up for two more rounds. But then afterward, like I gained his respect. And he even said to me, like, as soon as like we threw the last punch and you hear the word ding, he's just like, let's train together sometime. And I was like, okay, cool. That'd be great. So when my second fight rolled around, I knew that I had to make changes. Yeah. And, uh, I knew that I couldn't put myself in a situation to get set up the same way that I did last. Like I need, I needed to make sure that like everything that I was prepared for was like, I, I was ready and sure as shit. Um, I get ready for that, for my second fight and same thing guy doesn't show. I am like for fuck's sakes. Same guy. No, not oh, the okay. same, different, different guy. But then all of a sudden me and, uh, a teammate of mine, get told or because he gets told that his guy might not show either and they're trying to convince us two to fight and i'm like i'm not fighting my teammate i won't do it like i'll spar my teammate all damn day but i will never go in with an intention to knock out any one of my teammates i won't do it and i would hope to god the same in, in return and uh next thing we know they found two like they they had two guys two heavyweights that were gonna come down so me and me and this dude Ryan were sitting there chatting, and we're kind of like, "Fuck, who the fuck are these guys? Were they? Are they coming?" And we just see two dudes walk into the fucking door at the same time, and it was almost like a the okay corral, you know what I mean? <laughs> like there might as well have been fucking smoke coming off them and everything, because we just looked at them, they looked at us, and we're just like, "So this is the fight? It's us against them? I don't know which one we got, but like, let's fucking let's let's make these guys fucking regret, like even." asking us to fight one let's go fucking make examples of these dudes yeah and i was so comfortable in that fight i was weird like time was so slow i could see punches coming a mile away like i fucked this dude right up it was great um and ryan like we went to three rounds I, i i beat him uh i got the win still one of the proudest moments of my life uh and then ryan fought next and didn't waste any time he fucking he just swashed this dude and then ended the punch with the funniest thing i've ever seen. He fucking donkey punched hammer fist this dude right in the fucking forehead and dropped
0: him. Oh wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was the greatest fucking thing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um so i want to uh, just get back to the the wrestling thing because yeah. obviously you've done the the road you've done the anything but you got a chance to spend some time i guess with wwe doing like uh extra work. extra work yeah. so what was that experience like terrible really yeah how so
1: um because i love wrestling too much and they don't yeah uh they aren't a wrestling company they're an entertainment company right um So I don't want to like completely shit all over my time there um, because
0: how how many occasions have you worked with them? Five days, Not, nothing too crazy. But like I did uh, all in I, a row, or it was that? No, five, it was two six, different six.
1: stretches. So the first one, um, my first ever stretch that I did there was I did a fast lane pay per view in Columbus, Ohio, and then the next day we went to Detroit for Raw, and then we went to Indianapolis for SmackDown. Nice. So uh, the my first night in, I actually got an on-screen role where I was uh, Kofi Kingston's doctor. And that was a lot of fun um, because, like, for a couple of reasons. Like, I mean, I'll never forget going out the curtain for the first time and kind of seeing all of that stuff, like... As much as I'm shitting on WWE, like, I'll never forget that first yeah. visual. Because, like, that's that's the visual that I've been waiting for my
0: whole life. Did you, ha- did you come out? Walk down the ramp? Yeah, like, yeah. while people are there? Or oh, yeah. is this... Yeah, yeah, So you're a doctor coming to the ring yeah. to-, to help him? Yep. Oh, that's so cool.
1: And, uh, and when I got down there, like, we were told, like, hey, you're going to be putting some time in because, like, the segment is going to be long. So I'm sitting there with Kofi, and I don't know how to be a fucking doctor. Like, I don't know what a doctor says or does or whatever. So... At one point, I'm just trying to, like, figure out what to do and whatever. And then I'm, like, looking down at Kofi. And I'm like, this motherfucker's got some really nice gear. So I'm just like, um, hey, Kof. He's like, yeah. and I'm like, is this a weird time to tell you that, like, your gear is dope as fuck? <laughs> and he literally goes from like, Ugh! and then just turns into me and just starts laughing his Balls off. And, like, uncontrollably. And I'm like, oh, no, I broke
0: Kofi. Stop. You're
1: you're dead. And then next, like, we, we're cracking jokes for, like, fucking eight minutes. Like, the, the entire time we're there, like, we are, oh, my. It was the best moment. What's and
0: happening? Is he on the out, outside of the yeah. ring? Hurt? Yeah. What's happening in the ring? Like,
1: So what had happened was is they had wrestled the Usos. And then, is this New Day? Yes. This the, the New, New Day? Day had okay. wrestled the Usos. Yeah. And then in the end of the match... Uh, Harper and Rowan uh, were the bludgeon brothers at the yes, time, and yes. they came down with like the fucking hammers and the whole shebang and they just shit whooped the whole fucking all of them right oh and wow. then we had to go down there and kind of clean up the the pile so that was that was pretty neat so then next thing I know, like i said like we we're, we're we're just cracking jokes like i'm like I'm, I'm telling him about his gear and all that stuff, and he's and he is having just the best time so i the best part is I can't even remember what it was that we were talking about, but whatever it was we were fucking laughing our balls off to the point where even as i'm carrying him up the ramp like we're doing our best to not laugh directly into the camera when we got through the 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 little deal there and you turn away like he literally like he was what like went from dying to like he fell crying he's like dude that was so much fucking fun and i'm like are you talking to me like because what the fuck <laughs> like this is That's crazy awesome. And then he starts, and I told him, "I'm like, hey man, I, I can't thank you enough for like keeping me calm out there because that was the first time I've ever done anything like this." And he's like, "That was your first time?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "And then I, I won't say what uh, I, I don't want to tell the story just because I feel like it might have been one of those like kind of for me stories." But then he started telling me about like his first time that he ever did it, and was just giving me like really encouraging like
0: oh, words so and nice. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah,
1: like he he was. He was really, really cool. Um, to the point where, like, the following year at Fastlane, uh, he was wrestling Daniel Bryan for the heavyweight title. And then I I shot him a tweet, and I was like, hey, man, uh, glad to see that things are going better for you this Fastlane as opposed to last Fastlane. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that you have, like, n- there's, like, no reason for you to remember me or whatever. I was just like, but just so you know, like, that was my highlight of my life was that day, uh, getting to do that with you. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to see that you get the same thing a year later. And he like tweeted me back. He was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, man. I remember you blah, blah, blah. He's like, I hope you're doing well. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool that like wow, somebody like really that remembers a, uh, an extra just because those guys meet a lot of people. So, you know, yeah, yeah. um, but to be honest with you, like this, that was, that was like really the only fun day that I that I had there. Like everything else was just a kind of a bit of a disaster just because um like the the Monday was was fine like you you know you I just it you just you're driving to like it, what was trippy was just kind of being backstage at the Joe Louis or not the Joe Louis the uh Caesar's Little Caesars Arena?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the new one in, yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind
1: of just that was the trippy part for me. I'm like I'm backstage at this fucking new like Detroit, like, this is legendary,
0: you know? Is it what you would think it was, like, as a kid or, like, whatever, Would when you thought of being backstage, was it what you would have thought? No?
1: When I was a kid, no. Uh, was it what I... Th- it was sort of, like, what I thought it was going to be. Like, it was definitely what I thought it was going to be, like, from the sense of, like, from a visual perspective. Right. Uh, how it was ran, no. Like, I... there's There's really nothing that can prepare you for that, which... Uh, which is kind of the advice that I try to give people when they come to me and they ask me for advice on what to do when they get extra work for there. They're just like, you know, what's a day like and, you know, what do you got to do? And I kind of give them like the, here's your, here are the basics. Like, I think these are the, the rules that they want you to know so that way you don't get in trouble. But fuck if I know. Cause like, I mean, they change their mind on a goddamn daily basis. So like, um, the, yeah, the Monday was fine. The, the Tuesday when we're in Indianapolis, um, we got, I ended up getting there late because the, there was a really bad accident um, on the way to Indianapolis and the traffic really fucked me over. So I got to, I got to the building about uh, an hour later than I was supposed to. So I get there and I see one of the other extras and uh, he's dressed up in like gear, like he's dressed ready to work out. I was like, Nate, like, what's going on? He's like, matches in the ring, go get dressed. I'm like, matches? Fuck, okay. So I go and I'm like, I asked one of the other extras who I'd known uh, for a while and he was there uh, on the same loop. So I asked him because I trusted him. I said, hey, they want us to go out to the ring for matches. Do I put workout gear on or do I put my wrestling gear on? Put your workout gear on Don't be a mark Yeah that's a good idea That makes sense I don't want to go out there And all of a sudden Be in my fucking wrestling gear While they're just like Wanting to see what we can do I don't know what the deal is So I go put on my uh, My rancid t-shirt My shorts Whatever My knee pads Boots Go to the ring I get to the ring And I see the exact same person That just gave me this advice In his wrestling gear Oh no And then I see everybody else in their wrestling gear. No. No. And this motherfucker set me up.
0: Oh. Why?
1: Because he's a piece of shit.
0: He did he just do it just cuz he knew you were going to get
1: Yep. And guess what drunk? and here's the crazy part too. Is my buddy Luke that I was telling you about before, HHV. Yeah. He travels for work a lot, so like he accumulates a lot of hotel points. He got me a hotel in Michigan, like in Detroit. Uh, after raw because he had the points to do it and he knew that i was just down there just going he's like hey i'm gonna get you a room go fucking get yourself a bed like i love this guy that's that's my boy so this fucking asshole that i was just telling you about that gave me the wrong advice i let him stay in my fucking hotel room the, the night before
0: come on yeah was there a pro? Did you guys have an issue or something? No. Like, was there something you did that he was like, I'm going to get you back? No. Nothing?
1: Nothing that I've ever done to so him. So was
0: this just simply a case of a guy saw an opportunity to fuck you over and he just took it? Yes. Wow. 100%. So what happened? What, what did they say when you show up in your so, workout gear?
1: So obviously I'm like, I'm already nervous and I'm scared for my life as is there because I'm like, this is my, sh- my, like my, my opportunity. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, like... I'm already here incorrectly. So I'm like, the only way to fucking beat this in my mind is to just be first. So when uh, John Cohn, the referee, and the guy who's in charge of the extras, he's by the ring, you know, and this is something that I tell my students all the time too. It's like, if if there's an experienced guy in the ring and like we're here during class or at a show and he says, hey, I want to do this. Who wants to hop in here and do this with me? Do not even let him finish the sentence. Get the fuck in there. Show the initiative. Right. So Cones in the ring, and he's just like, all right, who wants to get in and uh, do a match? I fucking flew in there. I'm like, I'm not letting anybody fucking take this from me. I'm doing this. So then all of a sudden, I get in the ring, and he's like, okay, great, we got one. Who's next? Who's in? And then I look to, to the, the other extras to see, like, who's hopping in, and then you just see everybody doing this. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then it dawned on me immediately. Oh, like all these other guys kind of already paired up and put matches together. So then that way they could be like, look the best that they can in front of the, uh, you know, people that are watching. So I had a strategy going in because I knew that if matches were going to be a thing, I'm like, okay, I got to, this is my strategy is I feel very comfortable uh, leading somebody through a match, especially a five minute match. I can do that. I'm also very comfortable taking people's moves and selling for them. So my my idea was is I was going to lock up with whoever it was I was going to wrestle and say, hey, what's your finish? Cool, I'm going to take the shit out of it. I got the rest. Just listen. So all of a sudden, my strategy goes to shit when the oldest dude that's in the fucking set of extras and like when I say oldest dude, I mean like old dude. Like he's in his 40s. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that he was there because he's Randy Orton's friend.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So I uh, he hops in, and then immediately I'm like, I can't call on the older guy. I can't. I can't. My, because I he has disres- more experience. It's so disrespectful. it's disrespect. It's disrespect. So disres- you have to let him call it. Yes. Fine. And th- and now I'm like, oh no, like I don't. This this dude's old. Like I don't. I don't know. How, I don't. <laughs> I don't know because I don't know how to move him. I don't know if I'm going to hurt him. I don't like, I don't know. Right. So next thing I know, he, we fucking lock up and he backs me into the corner. And the next thing I know, I'm like just, he's just keeps fucking shoot me into the fucking corners. And I'm like, what are we doing? First of all, fuck you because this ring is so much bigger and I'm getting really fucking tired. But what are we doing? Like this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, the match was literally the worst match I've ever had in my fucking life. no. So uh, what I think happened was I think that the dude had the same same idea. Because he did the match, and the next thing I know, fires me into a corner, and he just says, move out of the way and roll me up. I hit the buckle, and as he's running at me, I'm like, is this the fucking finish? I move, I roll him up, and I realize... He totally wants this to be the finish. So I'm in the Uh, process. Yeah. So I'm in the process and I'm like, no, 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 no. So I'm about to transition into a submission move that I do. uh, And I'm like, I could do it from here. And I'm like trying to explain it to him. I'm like, hey, kick out. Like raise your, like I'm I'm literally, I'm like, kick out, raise your right shoulder. I'm going to grab your legs, turn you over. And as I said that, the referee looks at me and does this
0: I'm sorry.
1: Three. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, normally when you win a match, you get the fuck up and you celebrate.
0: Yeah. I,
1: there's a, a section of the ring where it was, like, the management and a lot of the wrestlers. And they're all just, like, basically where the hard cam is. So, you're, you're wrestling to, this, to the boys. Yeah. I rolled him up. And instead of getting up and celebrating... I literally fell to my ass with my back to everybody and put my head in my hands and almost fucking cried. Shit. Because I was just like, oh no, I just, this was the most important moment of my life and I just fucked it up. Like, and I didn't, and I didn't even fuck it up. Like.
0: Yeah. Some I, old asshole fucked like, it up. Like this
1: guy fucked it up. So next thing I know, I get out of the ring and I try to go over to my buddy uh, who the shit advice provider and uh, I went to go and be like just to, just to, I wanted him just to say anything to me to calm me down and when I went over to him I tried to say something to me and he just looks at me and he says get away from me
0: he says this to you yeah what a piece of shit this guy so is. now I'm like what the
1: fuck and then all of a sudden John Cohn, the referee comes over to me and he's just like hey you you ever ref before Lied through my teeth. Yes, sir. Do you want to ref the next match? Okay. So he, he has me go in there and, and ref the next match. And uh, I understood um, the, the 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 art form of working television and working a hard cam. So there were times where, like, I was literally, like, spinning the fucking wrestlers to work towards the, the hard cam. I guess it got noticed because then they were asking me, hey, ref the next match, ref the next match, ref the next. I refed all the rest of the matches. Wow. So matches are over. He calls it everything. And he's like, all right, good job, everybody, blah, blah, blah. Fucking liar. But anyway, um, I asked him right afterwards. I'm like, hey, John, I'm like, just out of curiosity, I'm like, why did you have me referee? Uh, Just out of curiosity. And he says, uh, Mark Carano wanted to see how you would handle adversity. Mark Carano is the guy who hires people there.
0: Right. I was just going to say, he's like the head of talent relations. Is yeah. that his job? Yeah.
1: I don't, know if he's the, I don't know if that's his title, but he's the dude who hires people.
0: Right. He's the guy on like Ms. M- and Mrs. Yeah. Total Bellas that yep. you always see talking to the yeah, yeah. Talking to people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know him.
1: Um, he's a very important guy there. Yeah. So I was just like, Carano? Wanted to see how I'd handle adversity? I'm like, okay. Like, how the fuck is being a referee like adversity? I don't get it. So next thing I know, I go back to catering, and then I got, like, a weird group of people that are coming up to me and telling me that I did a good job as a referee. Uh, And then I saw one guy, uh, Roderick Strong, uh, in catering, and I knew that he was there for my match. And he was putting me over as a ref, and I was like, I'm like, Roddy, just out of curiosity, I'm like, just the match. And he's like... (sighs) (laughs) I'm like, oh no... (laughs) So uh, I've got people coming up to me during the day uh, telling me, they're like, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a job here as a referee. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So then I go to leave, uh, leave in Indianapolis, and that was like my final day of that loop. Uh, As I'm leaving, I just hear, hey, ref! And I'm like, nobody's talking to me, but I kind of do one of these things, and then I look over, and sure as shit, Mark Carano, he's like, ref, come here. Okay. I'm like Mr. Crono, I'm like, you wanted to see me ref today. I'm like, I don't know why, but th- thank you for the opportunity. And he's just like, yeah, I just want to let you know that we're going to be in touch about that. I'm like, wow. Soon as he said it, you would have thought that the fireworks would have gone off in my head and in my heart. And i been like, oh my God, I'm about to get a fucking job. Immediately, as soon as he said that, my heart shattered. Because my good uh, good friend of mine, he wrestles a psycho, mic Um, he told me about an experience of his where it was the same thing. You know, we'll be in touch. No, you're fucking not gonna be in touch, man. Why do you tell people that? Ah, yeah, that's shit. You motherfuckers! Like, why would you fucking put that into my head? You didn't have to do that. You could have just let me walk out that fucking door. And you could have even just said, hey, Ben, good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your work. I appreciate that. Yeah. You could have even done one better. Said fucking nothing to me and let me keep walking. Yeah. But you had to stop me and you had to fucking put that into my head. And, I, and the moment the fucking noise came out of his mouth, I knew it was bullshit. And I was like, wow, this is what Mike was talking about. This is what everybody talks about. Like where they, yeah, man, cool. You did a great job. And they put you over and they tell you how much they fucking, oh man, I think we might have a spot for Fuck you. Never fucking, like the only time I ever heard from them again was a year later when I got in touch with them where they invited me to come and do extra work in Toronto for Raw and SmackDown. And so like, it's just like this, like I said, I, I love what I do too much. And, you know, for, for some people, it's okay to go and, and be that guy in the WWE and, and make that money and show up and, and eat their, their very delicious catering.
0: Oh, they have great catering?
1: The fucking best catering.
0: Is it always the same thing well, everywhere? Or no, do they no, just different. get something in each town they order in? My or experience,
1: everything, everything was different. But, like, Detroit, like, I remember specifically, like, uh, I'm eating like this steak that I swear to God had to have been a hundred dollars per steak, and I ate probably five of them. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> um,
0: are you allowed to eat anything you want while you're there?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they encourage it. Like is it's...
0: it all day? Do they have catering like at yeah. any point of the day?
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So yeah. there's just like a room where people are make. Are they making it there? Or are they bringing it out, or is it like buffet style?
1: I don't know where it gets made, but like it just. Like, I think they have a person that deals with the catering or maybe, and then they deal with the people and like, there's, right. I, I remember there was one girl that was there constantly while I was there and I would always go up to her and thank her for the excellent meals. Cause I, I just always thought that was the polite thing to do. Yeah. Um, but then I heard afterwards that, that that they just get it from other places. I, I don't necessarily know, but I just remember that every fucking time that I ever got to eat there was the best meal I've ever had in my life. Like wow. hands down really the best meal that's awesome that isn't worth it to me to show up and eat that good and have to live my life like that for 12 hours a day sure I, i i can't do that
0: this was a lot of fun man thank you so much for for doing this and for especially for letting us do it here and uh i i appreciate everything you've said here
1: i i appreciate you coming down i uh First, like I'm, we've been trying to redo this ever since we, we did something the last time we've been trying to do something together ever since. Uh, so I'm glad that, you know, in a weird way that it kind of worked out the way that it has with unfortunate circumstances or whatever. But, um, I'm just really happy to see you out there hustling and and create content and, uh, and doing all the stuff that, you know, you really should be doing during a time like this. And, uh, and I just want to say thank you for allowing uh, both me and Chris to be a part of it such and so early on in stage as well. So, um, Appreciate it, man. And now I got to call Tid and get my fucking $25 from last time, that prick.
0: I do appreciate Ben Ortmans being here. I appreciate him taking the time to do the show. Uh, Make sure you give him a follow on all social media. He also has a podcast called Big Ben and Friends. It's Big Ben. He's got friends. They, They talk about it. I was on an episode, had a great time, and absolutely loved it. And I love Ben Ortmans, and I can't thank him enough for uh, for doing the episode here for doing the show and just for being a great overall dude because he's uh, he's one of the you know he's just a, a great guy he's one of those people you meet and instantly bond with and feel like you've known for your whole life and I appreciate that so thank you so much follow him on social media when they start doing live uh, wrestling shows again, watch out for him at your local establishment where they're setting up a ring and he gets in there and beats the shit out of people, unless they're me and I pay the ref, in which case, uh, you'll never beat me. So I'm, I'm one and O and I'm retiring. By the way, I am retiring from the wrestling industry. I did want to take this opportunity to, uh, officially announce my retirement. I will never do another match again. I'm retiring at one and O in my, um, opinion champion. Uh, there's no belt, but I, I'm, I'm going to call myself a champion. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for watching here on the Jeff Leeson Show YouTube channel. It'd be great if you'd go ahead and subscribe before you left. Click the notification bell so you know when we upload some videos. And then you can go and watch them. It'll be, it'll be really fun for you. You don't have to guess or try to figure it out. You don't have to wait. It, it, just a notification comes up and you go, Oh, shit, there's another video. I should go watch that and we would certainly appreciate it. Thank you for listening everywhere that you get your podcasts, unless you get them from a guy in the alley who uh, downloads them onto a USB stick, in which case, uh, well, I hope he's downloading ours, and we appreciate that, sir. And also, um, Spotify's a thing, so you might want to reconfigure your whole business model. But for now, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll see you next week, I hope.